If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, for by grace are ye saved. In other words, you didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything to get it. He just decided to give it to you. For by grace. Hey, I feel a little preach this morning. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of works. You can't do anything to get it. You can be baptized 500 times and still not have it. Listen, you can have every good attendance pin that Sunday school has to offer and still not have it. You, you, can, you can give $5 billion in the offering, but that's works and that won't get it. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now here we are. For we are his, what's that word? Another word for that is masterpiece. We are his. He, I like, I seen a cat the other day that said, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Amen. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now, here's the key. Unto, what's those two words? Good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. In other words, that God prepared before you ever arrived. God already had planned what he wanted you to do before you ever stepped on the planet. He before ordained. Now, now skip over to chapter 4, verse 1. Skip over real quickly, chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the... What's that word? Give me another word for the word vocation. A job. My vocation is what I do. It's my job. It's my my career, if you will, if you want to use that kind of terminology. It's your job. It's what God called you. He's speaking to Christians here. And he says he wants you to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Then the Bible, uh, if we'll skip on down to verse number 8. He says, wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave what? Gifts unto men. Why did he give gifts unto men? That he said in verse 11, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, five different sets of gifts there. Five different areas of ministry that one of y'all or all of y'all have one of these. All right? For the perfecting of the saints, that means completing, maturing of the saints, for the work of of the ministry, that is your vocation, so that the edifying of the body of Christ can take place. Church, say amen. amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We, we, we glorify your name for who you are and what you're doing in this place. God, I love you with all my heart, and I feel your presence in this place. I just love coming to church here, Lord. I thank you so much for allowing me to have a part in this place. Lord, I just want a small part of something big. And Lord, I pray, and I, I believe... Lord, like the, the iceberg sticking out in the water, I believe we got a hold of the little end of something big, Lord. And God, I pray right now that you'll anoint your word. We need to hear this. God, your people need to understand that they've got a great divine destiny. Lord, a purpose in life. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to this morning's service. Thank you that you have come to listen to me expound the MOT manual. Even though you don't seem to have the slightest expression of interest on your faces, not one of you. And now if you would please turn with me to your price index, that would be helpful because then we'll discover what your value is. Look at these cars. Aren't they lovely and shiny? They've been polished. They've been made to look pretty. All of them lined up nice and neatly. They look very nice and shiny on the outside. But the problem with cars is they're not always as pretty on the inside as they are on the outside. They often need repair. Underneath here, there's often all sorts of evil going on. This is what garages are for. It's so someone like my friend here, who's an expert at cars, can begin to make them run smoothly, to take the bits that are broken and mend them, to replace the bits that need replacing, and to take the bits that are uh, clogged up and get them all cleaned out. Replace the fluids so that they flow properly, so that this engine runs like a well-oiled machine. But it then isn't meant to stay here and go on being fiddled with for the rest of eternity. The whole idea is that once it's mended, once it's serviced, it should get back out on the road and start doing what it was made to do. Look at this car. It's got fabulous seating for people to travel around the world. But all it's doing is sitting here. 
on a four chord. It's not for being here. It shouldn't just be in a row. It shouldn't just be sitting uh, in the forecourt of a, a garage, having had its service, and then come back and have another service, and have another service, and have another service. It should be out in the road. Strangely, that reminds me of somewhere else where something that's received the service just ends up in a row, doing nothing particularly useful. Church buildings come in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Some are modern, some are a little bit more gothic, like this place. The kind of place that Harry Potter would like to hang out, I think. What exactly are church buildings for? The point of coming to church is so that people connect with God, have their broken bits on the inside mended, connect with a God who loves them so that they know they're loved. They're sent out from this place into the rest of the world. They're meant to go with God and with their wholeness and with their mendedness and go and change the world. Not just sit here and get dull and dusty. Not just sit here and listen to sermons. Not just sit here and become friends with everybody who's friends with everybody else here. But actually get changed and then equipped and organised to go out and make the world a better place. Cheerio. I tried to get the English version, but I couldn't find one. Amen. Uh, listen, did you hear what the man said? These cars were shiny. They were, they were beautiful, but they were just sitting in a row doing nothing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Church, you are not saved to go to church. You were saved to be the church. You were saved to be the church. Listen, yeah. This world that we're living in is a hurting place. It is a hurting place. It is a place who needs the touch of God. They need the heart of God. They need the favor of God. Listen, they're going to receive the touch of God through his body. Who is his body? The church. We are. We are the body of Christ. Now, here's the deal. Uh, save to serve, save to get out and touch the world, save to go out and make a difference. I was, I was reading and studying it, and this morning God reminded me again of a, 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 a set of verses that, that I want to read just as a commercial. You don't have to turn there. I'll put them up on the screen. Uh, uh, but but just, just take my word for it. When Jesus stepped on the scene in the very beginning, when he first came uh, to start his ministry, he went to the temple. He went to the temple in Luke chapter 4, and, and, and they brought, the, it was customary that they would bring the, the word of God out, they would bring the law out, and, and, the, and the writings of the prophets, and somebody would stand and read. Well, they delivered to him a book uh, uh, of Isaiah, and this is what he read. When he stepped on the scene for the very first time there to begin his ministry, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now watch what it says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down in the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened upon. They couldn't believe what they just heard. And he began to say unto them, watch this, this day... Is this scripture fulfilled in your ears? He said, I came for the broken. I came for the captive. I came for the blind. I came for the poor. I came to touch those that were broken. I came to mend the brokenhearted. I came to help those that are bruised. My purpose in life here, my ministry is people's misery. I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to give my life a ransom for many. And throughout his three and a half years on this earth before he was crucified and gone back to heaven from the time he started his ministry, it was nothing but fixing broken people. I need a witness. Aren't you glad Jesus still fixed broken people? Well, here's the deal. That's when he started and that's what he said. But right before he left... Right before he left, right before he was crucified, right before he went home to prepare you and me a place. This is what he said. In John chapter 17, he prays a prayer. He prays a prayer. He says in John 17, 18, As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them. Talking about you and me. I've sent them. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. 
Neither pray I for these alone, but for those uh, also which shall believe on me through their word. Now watch this here. That they all may be one. One. I always wondered about that. I always went over that and went over that and over that. It means we just need to agree together and we need to get along. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to sit and argue and fuss and fight and carry on about things that don't matter. We can't win the world. And I say the church, most of the church in America is fighting and fussing and they'll get mad because they got the wrong color carbon. Go start another church. And call it new freedom or new liberty or new unity or, you know, come on. That's not what it means to be one. God showed me this this week. I've never seen it like this this week. He said that they all may be one, one. Watch this. As thou, Father, in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world, here's the purpose, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Now watch this. When Jesus came, he was able to mend the brokenhearted. He was able to set the captives free. He was able to heal the blinded eyes. He was able to do all that. Why? Because he had all the gifts. Everything was fulfilled in him. Everything. He had the gift. Uh, uh, listen, he was an apostle where he had the gift of administration. He had, he had the gift of prophecy where he could pray and get a hold of the Father. He had the gift of encouragement. He had the gift of service. He had, are y'all with me? He had all of these things that we need to accomplish this task. But when he left... The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, we just read it, that he gave gifts unto men. What? The same gifts he had, but he gave them separately. He didn't give one person all of them. Why? Because he didn't want you running around like the Lone Ranger. There are people today that claim, I don't have to go to church to be right with God. That's a lie. Because you have something to contribute. You have a gift. You have something that God has gifted you with that he wants you to team up with the others that have the other gifts so we can all be... Are y'all with me? Why? Why do we need one? Why do we need an administrator? Why do we need that prophet to pray about everything? Why do we need that one to come and and be able to serve and that one to be able to lead and that one to be able to share the vision, that one to be the recruiter and go out and recruit people to get in this thing? Why? Because we got to win the world. We got to heal the brokenhearted. We got to set the captives free. And we can't do it alone. I have got a ministry. I have got a destiny. I have got a responsibility. God has called me to do what He started. I am the body of Christ. I've got to finish what He started. But I can't do it alone. That's why we need to get together. It doesn't mean we just all get along. Somebody's got to lead. You can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. I need a witness. Somebody's got to lead, but we got to have people willing to follow and say, hey, I've got the gift of administration. I've got this gift. I've got, can I contribute my gift? Oh, yeah, you sure can. And that's what it's all about. You were here today. You wasn't, you wasn't, you wasn't fixed. You hear how he went into the garage? Is that how he said that? I don't know how he said that. To get their, yeah, garage. Uh, to get their bits, their bits repaired. See, you're here to get your bits repaired. Not so you can sit in here and look pretty. Not so you can just meet new friends in here. No, so you can go out there and change the world. We're here to change our community. We're here to make a difference. We're here so people can see that, hey, that's Christ. In this chapter, we're going to see three things today Next Sunday and the next Sunday, we're going to see three things. We're going to see the gifts that are delegated. Say that word with me. The gifts that are delegated. Come on, everybody. Say it with me now. The gifts that are delegated. Then number two, we're going to see, we're going to see this. We're going to see the goals that are designated. That's the jobs. That's the responsibilities we have to use our gifts in. I, I, was, I was tickled with, with the musicians today. I was so enjoying them. I mean, I could hear them all clearly and plainly. What were they doing? They were using their gifts to accomplish a goal. And that was to minister to you as we all worship God together. But then lastly, and this is going to be a good one, do not miss two weeks from now. Do not miss one week from now. Say amen. amen. But the last one is going to be this, the glory that's demonstrated. The glory is not, not the hand clap of praise that, that we, we shared with, with, the, with the musicians a while ago. The glory is not saying, oh, what a singer. The glory is not, oh, what a preacher. The glory is not, oh, what anything. But when people see 
Christ. When we are all one, when I am doing my part and you're doing your part, the Bible says in the gifts that one's an ear, one's an eye, and one's a hand, and one's a foot. And when we're all together as one, you know what they see in the whole picture? Christ. And the glory, I, I, I got it. Let's, let's move on because I'm ready to preach that one already. Amen. What about our gifts do we need to know today? Let me share with you just a couple things about our gifts. Uh, this, this preacher was walking down the road, the minister was walking down the road, and, and, uh, and, and, and he saw this little fella over at a, uh, at a door, and he was jumping up. I mean, he'd jump up as high as he could to try to hit the doorbell, and he couldn't reach the doorbell. He was, he was vertically impaired. Say amen. I mean, he's a little short fella. He kept jumping up, jumping up. And, and he couldn't reach it, and he couldn't reach it. And, and, and so the dignified minister, the dignified minister, he said, I'm going to go over and help this young man. I believe his name was Little Johnny. And Little Johnny, uh, he kept jumping up trying to touch, the, uh, uh, touch the, 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 the doorbell there. And so the preacher got over there and looked down and smiled. And he reached over and hit the doorbell uh, and looked down at the young man and said, Now what? And the young man said, Run! That fits little Johnny, don't it? Amen. Now listen, now what? I'm saved. Now what? For by grace are you saved. Remember what we read in Ephesians 2? For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. We're saved, but now what? I'm in the kingdom, but now what? My name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but now what? I'll tell you, God has gifted you. You are his workmanship. He has worked something in you. He has given and put something into you that he wants you to develop and bring out. I was reading, I was reading through the, uh, the, the, the pastoral epistles and Paul was telling Timothy, one in one, the first one, the first letter, first Timothy, he said, neglect not the gift that is in thee. Neglect not the gift is in thee. But then in the second one, uh, 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 the second one, we see uh, that he said, Stir up the gift that is in. So God has put something in every single one of you that he wants you to use for his glory. He wants you to use and contribute in the local church. In the local church. He has put you together in the body of Christ. He has tempered it as he saw fit. He put you where he needed you to be. Amen? Now, let me share with you a couple verses. If you'll turn with me to uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. He, he goes through a list of, he goes through a list of, of gifts and, and responsibilities. And, and this is what he says in, in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in verse number 11. Verse number 11. He says, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. In other words, he has given everybody a gift to use, and he did it as he wanted to do it. All right? And then verse number, uh, verse number 18 says this. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath, as it hath pleased him. Now watch this. Number one, let me share with you three quick things, and, 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 and we're going to pray. Number one, I want you to see the placement of this gift. The placement of this gift. Say that with me. We see the... The placement of this gift. I didn't give it to you. Your mama didn't give it to you. Your daddy didn't give it to you. They may have gave you your hair color. They may have given you your attitude. They, they may have given you your temperament. They may have given you your sense of humor. They may have given you uh, all kinds of things. But your gift is something God gave you. This is something that was divinely orchestrated by the Lord Jesus Christ. God specifically gave you a gift to use for his glory. Now, the placement of our gift, write this down, A and B, real quickly. Write this down, and we're going to move right along. It was sovereignly orchestrated. In other words, it was organized. It was organized by the Lord. It was, it was, it was, it, this was God's idea. This is not something a pastor is coming up with to build his church. Are you all with me? People, people think that, that ministers come up with gimmicks, and a lot of times they do. A lot of times you see things, especially if you watch anything on TV, you've got to be real careful because out of, out, of, out of 150 shows, 149 of them aren't no count. 
And there's always gimmicks and always things out there to try to get all kinds of things. But this is God's idea. This is God's plan. He did it as he saw fit. You say, well, I, I wanted another gift. Well, you didn't need another gift because God is perfect and he knows all things. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about what you like and you don't like. He knows how you are made. He created you. He is your architect. He has the plans on your body. Say amen. And he knows what's best for you. So he designed the gift that would fit you properly. Church, say amen. It was sovereignly. In other words, he's right. Say that with me. He's right. He's right. I always was mad. I always wanted, all of my uncles on my mama's side, all of my uncles on my mama's side was 6'4 and 6'5, and I always wanted to be six foot. I made it 5, 11 and a half. Tell me God don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> when I was a little fella in, in, in high school, I wanted to be big. I was drinking, Danny, I would drink them, them, them high-calorie shakes, them, them milkshake, you know, that you buy at GNC. Don't, don't it just motivate you when you walk into GNC and see all those pictures of them people with, with, with mumps, amen? They're swole up everywhere, amen? And, and, and I'd get them shakes, and, and Gabe, I'd put ice cream and all kind of stuff. I was going to get built. I couldn't gain. I went a whole year and gained a quarter of a pound. I couldn't gain weight for nothing. And now I want to be small? God has a sense of humor, amen? But he's right. He's right in what he does. He's right. When God called me to preach, I thought, there's no way. Lord, I can't even look at people in the face. When I get on the bus, I don't want to look at nobody. I'm scared of people looking at me. I just want to get and sit somewhere. I'm so nervous around people. I'm shy. God, I can't be a preacher. There's no way. But you know what? He is right. Because I love it. I love doing what I'm doing. He was right. I thought he was crazy. But he was right. It was sovereignly orchestrated. It means he was perfect in his choosing. He was perfect in what he chose for me. Then B, write this down. It was specifically organized. Watch this this verse in, in verse 24. Verse 24. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. And he's talking about the physical body, but he's using that as an illustration for the spiritual body. God hath tempered. That means put together, organized, put right in place. He hath tempered the body uh, uh, the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacketh. Imagine, imagine, Bill, imagine if your ear was on the back of your head. Or imagine if your mouth was on your kneecap. Can you imagine eating? You're laughing. I don't know what's so funny. You say, that's ridiculous. See, God put everything right where it needed to be. He was perfect when he organized it and put it right in place. The problem in many churches today is there's people out of place. There's people in places that they're not gifted for, that God never intended them to be, and they're frustrated. The people they're trying to minister are frustrated. Have you ever, have you, and don't answer this real loud, have you ever gone and had to sit with a boring teacher? Yes. <laughs> Shut up, Jalen. Amen. Oh, excuse me. Be quiet, Jalen. Not allowed to say that. I mean, you're sitting there like, oh, gee. And, you know, them people, they just ain't got it. They mean well. But then you get in front of that one teacher that, I mean, they're, they're, they're teaching an hour and a half, and you think they just started. And they say, in close, and you say, do what? See, that's the way it is. Sometimes churches are bottlenecks. Sometimes churches are, they're, they're handicapped because people are in the wrong places. But God has a perfect place for you. God has a designed place just for you. And by the way, when you get in that place, it'll work. It'll work. The frustration level will come way down. And you won't have to be prodded to do it. You won't have to be begged to do it. You won't have to, you won't have to be motivated to do it. You don't have to beg me to get up here. I promise. Nobody had to call me, preacher, are you going to come this morning? You won't have to do that. You'd have to tie a leash to me and try to keep me from being up here. You know why? Because I'm in that place that he sovereignly orchestrated. Church, say Amen. The placement 
of this gift. Then number two, write this down. I want you to see the, the purpose of our gift. Let's, let's get real practical. This is going to be more teachy than preachy this morning. Uh, but, but the purpose of our gift. Why, why did God give you what he gave you? And God gave me what he gave me. He's got a purpose. We know the ultimate purpose is to mend the brokenhearted. It's to, it's to, to minister the misery of people, the, 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 the hurt in people, and be Christ and all that kind of thing. But let's get more practical. Let's get more practical. I want you to write these two things down, and I want to read a story to you. Uh, the purpose of our gift is so we can function properly. We can function properly. Now, you can, you can operate without certain things. You can operate without ears, but it's not as fun. Say amen. You can operate without eyes. There are people that, that still live a, a fruitful life, but, but they're just not everything that they could be. There, there, there's things that your body can function but not like it could if it was all there. Are y'all with me? Now, what does that mean? That means we need you. And you need us because I complete you and you complete me. We, we together are the body of Christ. When you're contributing your part and I'm contributing my part, we can function properly. We need each other. All right? Now watch this. Then, then number two, or B, write this down. It is there to not only function properly, but to fulfill a purpose. Fulfill a purpose. When you get that written down, look up, look up at me. I, I want to I read this to you. It, it, it'll kind of put, put things in perspective to help you understand what I'm talking about. Those, those five things he gave some apostles, prophets. Now, when we say apostle, we're talking about the gift of administration, the gift of leadership. Peter was a leader. Peter was a leader. He had that gift, even if it was leading to do something wrong. What did he say? I go fishing, and what did others say? Hey, we're going with you. You see that gang leader in Los Angeles, he's got the gift of leadership. Even though he's using it for a wrong reason, he's still got a gift because people will naturally follow him. People will naturally follow him. Some people are like that. Listen, then there are people with a gift of service. They, 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 they're not real good at coming up with things. They're not real good with initiative. You've got to keep prodding and prodding them and prodding. Say, look, do this. But boy, when you give them a job, son, they can get it done lickety-split like nobody's business. I need a witness. But see, sometimes when people with the gift of service get into the, into the place of leadership, they get frustrated because they can do a job if you get it to them, but they don't know what job to do. A, a leader is somebody who sees it before everybody else sees it. Who can look down the road and, and see a leader is not one that you have to give an idea to. You have to put the reins on him and slow him down a little bit because he's got so many ideas going. Are y'all with me? But the, but the, the servant, is he's out here trying to come up with an idea. But boy, when that leader gets the idea and the vision from God and shares it with that, that person with the gift of helps and service, he said, man, I, I, can, I can make that happen. Does that make sense? Now watch this. Apostles, prophets. Prophet is that one that prays about what color socks to wear. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's going to stand up and, and foretell the future. That's not what it's talking about. It's that one that can get a hold of God. Are y'all with me? You know that person, there was, a, there was a lady. And you say, well, I don't think she had the gift of prophecy. You can, call, you can say what you want. I don't care what you say. But I promise you this. If I had a prayer request, I called Sister uh, Selma Manley. And if you're from Florida, you know who I'm talking about. If you had a prayer request, son, the first one you wanted to pray for you was that woman there. She was a pastor's widow who never remarried. She spent all of her time uh, uh, sending out poems and, and, and notes and encouragements and cards and praying for you. And you know when she said, dear Jesus, dear Jesus said, okay. That's that person who can pray. We need those type people. Why? Because the leaders are gung-ho wanting to make something happen. But the prophets say, hey, wait, let's pray about this. Let's, let's get God's ear on the matter. Are y'all with me? That, that shepherd, that encourager, that pastor who has the gift of mercy and, and, and wanting to care for people. Watch this story. Watch this story. Imagine a party. Imagine a party. They're getting ready to serve the dessert. And the person bringing the beautiful dessert to the table trips and the dessert falls on the floor. That sounds like my house right there. Amen. Now, here's what happens. Here's what happens. People with these different gifts go to work. I mean, they go to operating. Now, there's, here's how the different gifts may come into practice. The person who has the gift of prophecy says, now, that's what happens when you're not careful. A person with the gift of mercy says, don't feel bad. 
Anybody could do that. It's okay. A person with the gift of service says, hey, let me help you clean that up. A person who has the gift of teaching says, now the reason it fell, it was too heavy on one side. Now next time, if you will put it in the middle, what are they doing? They're trying to teach. All right? It's the same situation, but different responses. The person who has the gift of exhortation says, don't worry about it. From now on, let's just serve the dessert first, put it in the middle of the table so it won't fall. Do I have a witness? That's the preacher in the bunch. Amen. The person who has the gift of giving says, don't worry, I'll go buy another dessert. The person with the gift of administration says, Jim, you get a mop, Sue, you pick up the plate, Mary, you go fix some more dessert. Say amen. amen. Now, you see how this works? You see how this works? Every one of them had something to contribute. And you know what? The one that dropped the dessert needed the blessing from all of them. They needed that one to say, hey, it's okay, don't worry about it. They need that one to say, hey, if you'll slide that to the middle of the table. They needed that one. That, is this starting to click and make sense? Now, here's what happens in the American church today. This is why they're dying. This is why the church in America is dying. It is dying. It, listen, it's not, it's not on the way. It's there. There are churches closing the doors every single month. Every single month. Why? Because they hire a pastor and say, we need you to say, pray for us. We need you to go get the mop. We need you to go get the dessert. We need, you, we need you to do all this stuff while we sit on our row and look pretty. You say, what's wrong with that? I'll tell you what's wrong with that. Because I don't have all five. I don't have all five gifts. So I won't be good at some of them. That's why the pastors are quitting that's why they're having heart attacks. That's why they're on blood pressure medicine, because they're trying to accomplish all five, and they don't have the gift for all five. There's some things I'm just not good at. I, 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 mm, say amen. But there are some things. Bubba, you cut me loose. Have mercy. Why? That's where I'm gifted. That's where I function properly i i uh administration is not really a thing for me dustin he plays and messes with me all the time he comes and throws down charts and junk on my desk and say we need this and this is how this is working and this is came and i and, and i'm not I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to focus and i i, I can't even I, I don't even understand and i and i'm and i start to and i need i need medicine And he's already down to point number seven. He says, do I need to go over it? I said, can you go back to one? (laughs) Not him, man. He lives for that kind of thing. Why? Because that's the way God gifted him. He has that ability. I don't. That's why he's here. That's why things are running so much better now that he's here working with us and for us and and, and, and doing his thing. Boy, it's... (whistles) Preacher, what are you saying? We need you. I haven't been coming but just a few months. Well, then it's about time. Why? You're an ear. We've been hard of hearing because you hadn't been hearing for us. One of you is a mouth and we've been a mute because you're not here to speak for us. You you see what I'm saying? You have one of these gifts and for us to uh, uh, function properly. We need everybody's contribution. Because, see, when we operate in those gifts... The perfecting means completing. Say that word with me. This is in Ephesians 4.11. The completing of the saints for the work of the ministry. In other words, when you're doing your part and I'm doing my part, we're doing the work of the ministry. And this is what happens. And the body of Christ is edified. means built up and strengthened. Boy, when that person's working out and they're exercising and they, they feel strong. Listen, they, 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 feel, they feel, and feel like they can take on anything. But that person that's weak and tired and anemic all the time, why? Because everything's not functioning properly. God needs you because you are his body. And you need to contribute in the house of God. Give the Lord praise and glory if you're glad you have a part in the house of God. Lastly, lastly, I told you this is more teachy than preachy. So so here's the deal. What was number one? What was number one? Tell it back to me. 
the placement of our gift. Number two, we see the... Now, does both of those make sense to you this morning? Yeah, God has placed it and he did it. He's right. He was perfect in how he did it and where he did it. All right? So, so I need to find that place that he has for me. Not that I want for me, but that he has for me. Sometimes, sometimes some gifts can seem more glamorous than others, can't they? Sometimes, sometimes I have seen, I've seen in, in, in a lot of camp meetings and, and, and tent meetings and stuff, a preacher will come in and just preach the house down. I'm talking about I raise the roof, just throw down, and it's exciting. I mean, it's just, you can feel the power of God in there. And you see a lot of young men down there watching that, and that's very glamorous, and I want to be that. But they don't understand that that's a very small part of the whole deal. Most of y'all, most of y'all, you see this part of the ministry. But you don't see the roadside crashes where you got to sit there and hold somebody's hand who just lost a loved one right there. You don't see the part where you, where, you, where you walk into the room and the person is so yellow because their liver is destroyed and they're about to die and you got to hold their hand and help them through. That's the part. And see, sometimes we think that this is a more glamorous spot than this is over here. But you know what God said about that? There's nothing more important than the other. That, 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 that couple or that person is back there changing that old nasty, rotten diaper. They're just as important as what I'm doing right here. Yeah. That one that's out there picking up the trash on the highway. That one that, that listen, is cleaning the toilets. That one that's doing all these things that we think is. God sees it just as important. Just as important. They are, yeah, uh-huh. And the key, the key to satisfaction in ministry is not getting where you want to be, but getting where it pleases him. Because then you can be what you are. One of the most frustrating things about being a a, a young preacher is, is you see all these different kinds. I remember, I remember, how many of y'all can keep a secret? Is, Is dad here? Dad ain't here. He'll be in the second service. We can't tell the story in the second one. I remember when I, I would grow up. I would grow up and watch my dad preach. And he was old-fashioned as cornbread. Y'all know him. Y'all, I mean, it's, help us, Jesus. Amen. And, and he would preach, Brother Donnie, and he was just from the old school. And, I mean, if you wasn't red-faced and sweating, you wasn't doing it. I mean, you just wasn't in touch with God if you wasn't sweating and hollering and leaving your spleen on the third row. And he would, he would, he would preach and He'd go after it, and, and boy, he'd sweat so hard that, that sweat would drip off of his tie. And I would sit there, and boy, when I first started to preach, I wanted to do that so bad. I just wanted to be him. And I'd get up there, and I'd be so nervous and shy. And my sister, she found a video of the very first message I ever preached. We was watching it the other day, and I was, oh, oh. She said, I'm going to put it on a big screen. I said, I'll bust you right in the nose. You put that on a big screen. <laughs> I was so timid. I was watching me. I was saying, turn to 323. And, and I, I would never, I, I, I may have raised my head for a brief second and went right back down. <laughs> and I just couldn't wait. I even asked dad one time, dad, when am I going to holler like you do? When am I going to? He said, I want to sweat like you do. He said, boy, you ain't got enough behind to sweat like I do. (laughs) I wanted to be him. I wanted to preach like him. You know, I'd see other preachers like uh, Brother Buster Seaton. Some of y'all wouldn't know him, but man, could he preach. And then then Dr. Brown and Brother Joe and all these ones. and, And I was so frustrated trying to be all of them. And God didn't call me to be none of them. God called me to be me. Do you know I'm the best me that me can be? (laughs) Ain't none of y'all going to be me like me. And see, God called me to be me. And when I get in the place that that pleases him, I can be me. Amen? Amen. Does that make sense? Now watch this. Let's, Let's sum it up right here. Let's sum it up right here. 
You say, okay, I know I got one. I know I need to be using it because God has designed for me to use it in the body of Christ. And, and I'll, truly, I'll never be truly satisfied and happy in my life till I'm operating and doing what God's called me to do. All right, I know all that. So what, how do I get about doing this thing? Well, that's, I'm glad you asked. Number three, I want you to see the process of this gift. The process of this gift. How, how do we go about getting into that place where God has gifted us and using it for his glory? Here's, here's, here's kind of a nutshell. Here's kind of a nutshell. You have a, you have a, a, a cross section. This way, this way is what you're passionate about. This way is what you're passionate about. This way, this way is what you're gifted with. All right? What does that mean? Uh, you may have the gift of leadership. You may have the gift of leadership. But you're working in, in, in the area of children, but you're not passionate about children. So you're going to get frustrated. But when you line up what you're gifted with, with what you're passionate about, that is the bullseye. In other words, in other words uh, uh, when, I, when, I was, when I was growing up, I always, I always lay, I mean, I had... I, I just take the initiative with stuff. I mean, I would do it even when I was in uh, Bible college and I worked at a golf course. There was the, 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 the superintendent and the assistant superintendent, and I was just a grunt. I was just a grunt. And they'd send us out to accomplish a, 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 a job and, and get a project done, and, and that assistant superintendent, he didn't have enough sense to get out the rain. He didn't need to be assistant. He did, he... Anyhow, still a little bitter about that. I'm going to ask forgiveness later. But... uh. We would get on a job, and he'd just kind of stand around and, and, and kind of look, and, and I'm sitting there, you know, and it's in me. I can't help it. I don't mean to do it. I don't mean to try. And some of y'all, y'all seen me out in public. I don't mean to do all that. I don't mean to take charge. It's just what God's put in me. I'd say, I'd say, Larry, you need to pick, we need to, we need to cut that bank off. And, and listen, you need to get, you need to get the, the tractor and we're going to push that dirt up and we're going to, and I just start telling people and here we go. And it would aggravate the fire out of, I'm the assistant. I said, we'll do it then. But what happened? What happened? I'm, I'm just, it's just, it's just in me. I have that type of leadership. Now, here's, here's the gift part. Well, I've always loved church. I've always loved preachers. I never had any posters of any, any ball players or anything like that on my, my walls. I've just, I've all, I grew up in church. I told you. And I sat right there. And man, every preacher that comes, especially them going, I just sit there and I'd be amazed. And I've always loved that. All the other kids, all the other kids would be playing out in the churchyard having a big time. And Brother Dave, I'd be in there even when I was a little old bitty fella. You know how all the preachers would get in there and tell stories about church and ministry and things that happen here. And man, I'd be sitting at that table. You can ask my Uncle Chucky and my aunt and my sister's in here somewhere. And you ask them where I was at all the time. I was just sitting in there listening to all them stories. Why? Because that's what I was passionate about. So what happened when my gift of leadership and my passion for God's Look where God put me. And you have that too. And we can help you find that. So how do we do it? First off, write this down. A, what is the process of our gift? First is discernment. You have to discern it. You have to figure out what it is. That gifts and passion survey is incredible to help you find what that is. It's not the final straw. It's not the final thing. It's not concrete. But it gives you an understanding about what area and what, what situation that you might be uh, gifted in and passionate about. Uh, one way we see there is, there is preparation. Help, we, we are offering these things to help you. And then we're not perfect at this. We're, we're just now doing this and re- getting rolling in this and helping people with this. And, and, and not only prepare, take that test. Come back be with us at 4.30. And, and fi- take that survey. Take that survey. And, and, and learn about it. Learn about it. I want to be, be the best that I can be at what I do. I read books on preaching. I listen to preaching all the time. I listen to preaching all the time. I read books about marriage all the time because I want to help people with their marriages. I'm, I'm reading stuff to help me be. I am preparing. I'm preparing to do what I, I need to do. That brings up B. First we discern it. Then we develop it. We develop it. How do we develop it? Get around other people that's like that. 
talk to them, ask questions. When I, I, uh, I never picked up a golf club in my life. Brother Dave, in my entire life, I never picked up a golf club until uh, my junior year in high school. My junior year in high school, uh, the, the carpentry teacher was the golf coach. And the soccer field was behind uh, the carpentry shop. And, 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 and carpentry was a two-hour class. And, and I went, and he'd let us hit golf balls during carpentry class for two hours. Every, say amen. What a teacher. First time I ever picked up a golf club in my life. Listen, I couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. One day, uh, another teacher had an antique driver, antique wood, persimmon wood driver that his grandfather had given him. And I said, let me hit that thing. I hit it and broke it, and, and it snapped when I hit the ground, and the head went farther. Then, God help us all. Say amen. And, and, and when my golf coach, they had tryouts that my, gen- my junior year in high school, they had tryouts. Well, I, went, I went out there. I wanted to play. And he, when it, he told me later on, he said when he saw me, well, I can't say what he said in here, but... but he saw me and went, <sighs> but from my junior year, my junior year in high school to my senior year in high school, I went from <clears throat> to tying to go to state my senior year in high school. Now you say, how'd that happen? A lot of practice. Every time I went and got a, a, a job at a golf course so I could play for free. Mama didn't raise no fools. Amen. At that golf course, there was golf pros out there that did lessons and all that. Every time they'd be on the driving range, I'd be all up in their stuff asking, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you? I mean, every, I would irritate the fire out of them because I wanted to know. I wanted to learn. I want to, I want to get better. I want to. You know what my dad told me when I surrendered to preach? Surrendered to preach on a Sunday night. He said, all right, be ready Wednesday. Wednesday? This Wednesday? Three days later. That's what he said. God is my witness. His exact words. Well, the only way you're going to learn how to do it is just get in there and do it. You know how you're going to get better at your gift? Get in there and do it. You're not going to be good at first. Matter of fact, you may be horrible at first. But the more you do it, the better you're going to get. I looked at that video, the first message I ever preached. I thought, dear Jesus, that's awful. Y'all might be saying that now. I don't know. But you know what? The more you do it, the better you're going to be. You got to get in there and do it. You got to get your feet wet. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to be bad at it. You probably will. Brother Dave, what did you sound like first time you played a guitar? Yeah, you lying scoundrel. <laughs> he lying in the house of God. 15 feet from the altar, he's telling the story right there. But you got to just do it. If you make up your mind and you commit, say, I'm going to learn. I'm going to develop this. I'm going to use it. I'm going to practice this. I guarantee you God's touch and favor will be upon you. Say amen. Amen. Lastly, discerned, developed, then see, displayed. Displayed. Learn all you can about it. Say, "I, I want to get good at that. Is there any books? Yeah, we'll help you with that. We'll give you books to read. We'll give you people that's good at it. Get around them. Dr. Brown Dr. Brown told Brother Travis Sharp, Brother Travis, when he first surrendered preaching, went to Bible college, and, and he didn't know anything about anything. He hadn't been saved very long. This is what Dr. Brown told him. He said, get around good preachers and be a copycat. Be a, well, you just said be your own person. Well, that's fine till you learn who you are, and you can be your own person. But sometimes you just need to get around other people that's, that's good at what you are gifted in to help you develop what you already have church say amen. amen now listen to me everybody look at me one, one one minute here look at me look at me look at me everybody look at me here we go make sure i got all eyes in the house god did not fix your bits to sit on a car lot god did not restore you and redeem you he did not he did not turn you around for you just to sit here and do nothing. As much as we enjoy all of this, and I do, I love worship. Man, when we were singing a while ago and I felt God's touching here, that fires me up. But you, you know, nothing will crank your tractor like being successful in what God has gifted you to do.
When, I, when I'm in my office and I'm counseling and I see the light come on, and somebody texts me this week, that a couple I've been counseling with, that said, wow, wow, God has answered a major question, and put the, put the prayer that we had been praying for. Man, there's a high, I can't describe, Brother David, I, I'm telling you. Why? God used something that he put in me that I took the time to develop in my life. I took the time to read the books. I took the time to listen to the tapes. I took the time to watch the, the, the DVDs to help me get better at this. And then when I see it work and see God touch somebody through what he's put in me. I, most of y'all know I love coon hunting real good. I mean real good. And listen, when you, when you have that young puppy that you raised, and it goes out there, and it barks. The first, I can't even describe it. There's some coon hunters, and Mark, was you in here? Yeah, Mark's in here. When, and, 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 and Bruce and, 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 and Gabe and, and Brother Danny. and uh, Brother Danny, uh, he let me uh, have nitwit, first dog ever won with. I was so excited. Everybody comes in there and gets their picture taken, and, 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 and they all have that. They want to have that real serious look. They're, they're a serious coon hunter. When they took my picture, <laughs> I was so excited. I'm telling you, ain't nothing like it. When that, and you have that puppy, and it barks the first time. It's like a kid. I mean, it, uh, that was him. Did you hear him bark? I mean, didn't even do nothing. Probably stubbed his toe on a branch. But he said, that's him. That's, did you hear him bark? And boy, when he trees his coon for the first time, I remember we was in the woods. Where's Brother Bruce Harris? When Jimbo treated the coon the first time, remember, you was with me. And I was so excited. We had a big old tree, and I really didn't, I didn't know if it was there or not. Not about giving up. And, and I saw the coon. I went to screaming, here it is. He's got him. Here it is. And I was so excited, you know, because it was successful. None of that can compare. None. I'm telling you, it cannot even compare to when that person is helped with what you had to offer. Brother Mickle, where's Brother Mickle? Brother Mickle, when you're down here and you're praying with somebody and they pray and ask Christ to receive them, is there any feeling like that? None. Why? God put something in you to be a blessing to somebody else. And when you're doing that, the joy cannot be explained. And some of y'all are sitting here, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I could ever do that. Yes, you can. That's why I'm trying to tell you. It don't matter who you are. It don't matter who you are. God put something in you to be a great blessing to others around you. Amen. Church, say amen. amen. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your